Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. I'm Mike along with Joel once again for another Growing in Grace podcast. Hey, thanks for taking time out. We know life is busy. Uh, Hopefully we've got something to offer here for you that will um, benefit you as you uh, move on uh, in your life with the Lord and, and with those around you. Um, and thank you for sharing with somebody else that you found our podcast. You know, we talk a lot about sharing our faith with people. I think this is kind of a, a, a nice, subtle sort of way of, you know, maybe you've had conversations with somebody, but it's it's a difficult subject to talk about. Might even be somebody you're very close with. And just let somebody know, hey, I stumbled onto these guys. They, they don't really sound that religious. Check them out. They're, they're short podcasts. And it's really quite different. I, I think you might like it. You just never know where that could lead to. And um, I think that uh, sometimes it's it's hard to talk about Jesus Christ with people in our everyday life. But here's an opportunity for you to be able to do that just by recommending the Growing in Grace podcast. Right, Joel? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. It's something that uh, people stumble for words. I mean, a lot of times... Over the years, I've, I've heard people say, man, you just word things in such such ways that I never could. Well, obviously, like we talked about last week, it's our it's you know, we have been gifted with what's in our hearts to share the gospel. And it's Christ working in us. But it's not it's not like we're patting ourselves on the back. But if God would use this podcast in somebody else's life, you know, if, if you want to point somebody to this. I think that's a great way. There's so many times when people have asked me questions and I have pointed them to other ministries saying, I I really don't know how to answer that. But here, if you want to ask these guys, they can probably help you. And, And maybe in the same way, you could do that with our podcast. We're here. I mean, it's it's freely downloadable. All the past episodes are there. You can search at growingingrace.org for a topic or a, a, a word or a phrase, and maybe you'll land on something there. Maybe we've talked about something that you have a question about or something that you want to share with somebody else, and, and it could be helpful to other people. That's really what it's about. That's that's what's in our hearts to to help people, and that's, I think, something that you'd be able to do easily, share it with somebody else. So we're on the last part of our series, Why Jesus Taught Two Covenants. You know, we've been doing this over, uh, I think it's five months, something like that. I never realized (laughs) that it would last this long, but it's been good. I I think it's key for people to understand why there are two covenants and also why Jesus himself said things one place and then it seems like he said something else that's just the opposite somewhere else. And then you read the words of Paul. Some of the words of Paul seem to line up with some of the things that Jesus said and some of the things that Paul wrote or John or James or Peter seem to oppose what Jesus said. Uh, how do you, how, what, what do you do with that? How do you understand that? You understand that by understanding first that there are two covenants. There was a reason for the first covenant, a very valid, important reason. It was to convict the world of sin. It was to make people guilty. It was to uh, increase sin. Paul said that that's what the law does. And it was to point people to faith in Christ. All of that for the purpose of pointing people to 
something else, realizing that my works just don't cut it. I need something else. I can't do this. I need somebody else's work, somebody else's perfect work. And that was Jesus Christ. And his finished perfect work was accomplished on the cross, and it ushered in this new covenant. And the old is gone, and the new has come. And so understanding those differences is what we've been trying to uh, talk about during the last 20 podcasts here, and hopefully uh, you've gotten something out of that. And uh, a couple more things to talk about this week as we wrap up the series. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves here. Let's get this out in the open, right? Like what we've been trying to do here on the podcast. If you think you're a follower of the teachings of Jesus, (laughs) really uh, take a look at some of the things that Jesus ministered. And I can tell you that none of us are even close to begin trying to follow the teachings of Jesus, nor were we meant to, because much of what Jesus spoke, we did talk about some New Covenant stuff, and we're going to do some comparisons here as Joel was talking about, but much of the the stuff that Jesus taught was meant for Israelites under the law, which came to an end. So one great example, though, if you if you remember, we talked earlier in the uh, in the series here during the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was getting ready to start that, there's something there that is sometimes referred to as the Beatitudes, but focusing on, on one of those right now to make a point, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So people will read this and they think, well, it's red letters here. Jesus is talking to me and we need to be hungry and thirsty for, for God's righteousness. And, and I just want more of God. I'm, I'm hungering for more of God. And, and those kinds of things get said. And so, you know, one thing that Jesus, well, before I get to, before we get to John 6 here, Joel, I was just going to make a pit stop here at uh, John chapter 4. Jesus uh told the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, she was even surprised he was talking to her, right? Why? Because under the law, normally Jews weren't allowed to associate with non-Jewish people. Some people aren't even aware of that, probably. But uh, so he was thirsty. He came to the well and he said, um, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So there's sort of a Jesus alluding to salvation here, talking about drinking a a type of water that would spring up into life eternal. And uh, but then moving on over to uh, John chapter six. And and this this subject here of being hungry and thirsty is a great example of beginning to understand Jesus saying one thing under the previous covenant, the old, under the law, and then points toward the new covenant because I think it's John 6.35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. So now he's talking about something else here. Come to me, come to me. He who does will never hunger or thirst ever again. Whereas before, when Jesus was talking to people still under the old covenant who had not come to faith in him yet, it was seek, seek this, hunger for it, thirst for it. You're you're already hungry and thirsty, pursue it. But when we come to Christ, we we no longer have to pursue that because the the hunger and thirst is satisfied. Joel, if if I'm hungry, I'm lacking something, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in need of something. 
It's not that way for us believers under the new covenant. I'm getting excited here, so I'll let you talk. I don't want to get too excited. <laughs> well, I get excited about food. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about pizza now. I haven't ate lunch yet. <laughs> but yeah, this is a type of, uh, of, of satisfaction, being satisfied, being filled, that, of course, only God can do. And so... In the church, you know, you will hear people, I've heard people do this, and I think I probably used to do it too, Lord, I, I hunger for you, I, I thirst for you. And what that is, is that's a Matthew 5 mentality. And like we were talking about, that's a pre-cross mentality, that's an, an old covenant mentality. It's not the new covenant. In John 4 and in John 6, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to, he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. This was all fulfilled in the new covenant. But before that, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, because he was pointing them to himself. Hunger and thirst for me, basically, is what he's saying. Because here's what happened. Jesus became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus Christ himself is our righteousness. So those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness have not come to Christ yet. But when you've come to Christ, when you've, as, John, as, uh, as Jesus says in John 14 and John, uh, John 6, whoever drinks of the, the water that I shall give him will never thirst he who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. See, those things, that hungering and thirsting, you are satisfied, you are filled, you hunger and thirst no more once you come to him, once you believe in him. All of that has been fulfilled. And so it's kind of uh, silly for us to be saying, Lord, I hunger for more of you. Lord, I thirst for you. Maybe you're stuck in a sin or something, or you feel you feel like you've sinned too much, and so you hunger and thirst for God's righteousness. Remember that that hungering and thirsting was not filled by you doing better, by you doing righteous acts. It wasn't fulfilled by your good deeds. It was fulfilled by you calling upon the name of Jesus Christ and believing in him. That's how your hunger and thirst is satisfied. It's by him, by his finished work, not by what we do. So remember that when you're reading Matthew 5, uh, this hungering and thirsting in Matthew 5 has not been fulfilled yet. He's calling upon people to call upon him and receive that free gift. Yeah, yeah exactly, Joel. I mean, again, if you're hungering, you're desiring something or you're craving something that you don't possess or you're not aware of containing. And mm. this all sounds, and I've done the same thing you were talking about, Joel. I think we've all done that because we, we didn't know any better. Uh, and, it, and it sounds religiously correct. It also preaches good, um, but it lacks the understanding of who we are in him. So we ought to try to avoid letting those doubtful thoughts get in the way of our current reality regarding our identity in Jesus Christ. And don't confuse bodily hunger that comes and goes with the bread and water of Jesus Christ that allows us not to hunger, allows us not to thirst in any spiritual fashion. Those mm -hmm. cravings, those spiritual cravings, they'll be found in our minds, perhaps, as we're getting our minds renewed. But it's really just the, the results of a lack of understanding of, of the finished work. And that's something that we are going to probably continue to, to grow and uh, acknowledge and, and grasp and understand throughout all of eternity, not just here on earth, the work and the price that 
the work that Jesus did and the price that he paid, I, I, I don't think that we're ever going to fully, fully uh, understand just exactly what God did for us, um, or it's, at least it's going to take an eternity. But it, it's an exciting thing to grow in. Most definitely. A very exciting thing to grow in. You know, 20 uh, years of this plus uh, for you and I, and uh, we're still excited about it and continue to be excited about it. Uh, we love to learn about it, and of course we love to share it with others as, as we learn. Uh, we love to share what we've learned with other people. And as uh, we're finished now, wrapping up this series, Why Jesus Taught to Covenants, you know, we've talked, Cap and I, we've talked about maybe moving on from this to talking about the New Covenant. Uh, we'll see where this takes us in the following uh, weeks, perhaps, but what, what is the New Covenant? Why was it given? What's, what's our part in it, as if, as if we have a part? How do we benefit from this covenant? You know, the finished work of Jesus that you were talking about, Cap. I mean, those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Well, now that we are filled... You know, what does this mean? What does this new covenant mean to us? Uh, those are some things we'll possibly be talking about. Questions and comments on that in the coming weeks here. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you've uh, gone through this 20-part series, Why Jesus Taught Through Covenants, thanks for taking the time to do that. And again, do pass it on. And all the past archived programs at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.